Hey, everybody. Welcome to SG Debrief. That's right. We are back again, going through SG1 episodes, one at a time, start to finish, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and everything that is hilarious. I am Kevin, your host, and with me, my co-host, as always, the awesome and fantastic Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff, that sounds a little too professional. I'm sorry. All right, we'll just go with Jeff. <laughs> I appreciate the kind introduction. Good evening, everybody. So, what's new, Jeff? We uh, oh, we no. we've taken some time between our last episode, and I'd like to apologize for our listeners for that. But uh, we had uh, a fair amount of real world stuff go on in the past few weeks. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was unavoidable. Try to avoid it again, but things happen. Things uh, happen, you know. We all have lives, and you know, we try to. We love to get out episodes as quickly as possible to everybody, but you know, stuff happens. So, um, yeah, we're bracing for the weather up here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we are. We've got an impending snowstorm. Twelve inches of snow on the way Ooh. tomorrow. I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to work tomorrow. You you live in New England. That is just a dusting. Very true. But this dusting seems to possibly have canceled my work for tomorrow. Well, I know I've already canceled my work for tomorrow. So I'll be out snow blowing all day. I'm sure of it. Yeah, have fun with that, buddy. Oh, yeah. You don't have to deal with that. I don't. I think probably pro- the one storm that I won't have to deal with it. <laughs> we'll call that a giant silver lining. <laughs> I'll go with that. All right. Hathor this week, right, Jeff? We got Hathor for the last week and a half, yes. Good old Hathor. What an amazing <laughs> episode to uh, describe and narrate. This is going to be great. Oh, well, I like your enthusiasm, Jeff. That's what I got, Jeff. I got enthusiasm. <laughs> that's, that's what we got going right now. <laughs> All right. Swimming All right. again, old chum. Here we go. So we open in a temple in Mexico on Earth. This is uh, sli- slightly different than what we're used to. I was thinking the same thing when we, the first character that we see is a. Nobody. We've never seen him before. Exactly. So it looks like we got a bunch of archaeologists that have just discovered a brand new chamber in this Mayan pyramid in Mexico. They end up finding a sarcophagus in one of these cha- in this new chamber. And the funny thing is that it has Egyptian glyphs. Well, like I mentioned before, it's a Mayan temple, so it's very odd. Very out of place, and yet this one guy, the head guy, I don't think he probably has a name on IMDb, but I don't know it. The I head guy <laughs> just happened to conveniently remember that one guy did work in cross pollinization of civilizations, and of course, it was Daniel Jackson. Of course, it was. How can you forget a, a very crazy, unique name like Daniel Jackson? I know, it's it's a little out of the ordinary, as it were. But yes, you're right. Uh, this archaeologist, he somehow remembers that there was one archaeologist that springs to mind that has, like, a, uh, a cross-cultural significance between, like, finds like this. Daniel Jackson is the only one who thought that different ancient civilizations might have some sort of thing in common. I don't know if they went over his lecture hall and when everybody left. No, but I'm, I'm sure that that's pretty well what this archaeologist is remembering. It's a, not a very popular opinion. It is an opinion that seems to stand alone, which is why Daniel Jackson sprung to this archaeologist's memory so quickly. All right. So it wasn't his uncommon name that gave him away. All right. Yes, this uncommon name. Yes. All right. So they, they find a sarcophagus, I guess. The writing on it, and they, they decide to open it. They find a pictograph on the sarcophagus of Hathor, 
And that's something that they are able to recognize right off the bat. Well, that's what spurs the whole, oh, an Egyptian goddess in a Mayan temple. Oh, I remember Daniel Jackson. (laughs) And they find a lever that opens the sarcophagus. So, yeah, they just decide to, hey, why not open it? What, What could go wrong? Yeah, I guess. I mean, they have no knowledge of what could go wrong. I was going to say, it's not like a living being was going to pop out of the thing or anything. They sure weren't expecting that. (laughs) That's exactly what happens. They open it up. Hathor awakens. Beautiful woman emerges from the uh, sarcophagus. And she asks where Ra is. When she realizes that they're not ghouled, she kills them all. Well, they're pretty much useless right there, right? I mean... I mean, they could have given her some information. I, I don't know. It's just saying, you know, she didn't have to <laughs> immediately kill them. She and, has and no idea where she is. Let me ask what you a question. Is. <laughs> you wake up in a strange place after a long nap, and I know, I know you. You like your sleep. Yeah, how happy are you going to be when somebody wakes you up? Well, I'm not going to be happy at all. Okay then. So yeah, you'd shoot somebody across the room too. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> We're back at the SGC now. And nobody really knows exactly what happened from, from this, but they have a sarcophagus in the gate room. Now Daniel begins to explain how they came into possession of this, which it came from Mexico, and it came from Hathor's Mayan temple. They recognize it as a sarcophagus from Ra's ship because they actually have seen one of the sarcophagus. Yeah, I like that right there because it it mentions, it references the movie again. So they're still trying to keep balance with that in season one, which I like. And that's a good thing. I mean, the the movie is a great reference point. I'm sure they're going to start getting away from it as we continue here. Yep. But that's a great thing. They're still referencing the movie. Um, we still feel like there's continuity. Exactly. Ooh, that's a good word for it. Exactly. So at that um, point, an airman tells General Hammond that a woman is at the entrance to the mountain. This woman also knows that there's a Stargate in the mountain. And that's when they decide to take it seriously. <laughs> All right. And that's the end of the teaser as well. What was the time on that one? future Kevin here. The time on that teaser was just about four minutes. I, You know, I honestly, I didn't pay attention to the time at all. It wasn't a super short one, though, like no. got in the last couple of episodes. I, I just asked because I know I didn't write it down, but it was a good teaser because they, they actually end on the fact that this woman knows where the Stargate is. And, <laughs> this is somebody who is already on Earth. Who knows about the Stargate? This is not an alien who has arrived through the Stargate or anything like that. So this exactly. is kind of brand new. Yep. Great beginning, and I'm in. I'm in, too. What's going on? Who is this woman? Well, I mean, based on the beginning of the episode, you have to assume that it's the woman from the sarcophagus. But how'd she get there and what she want? What's happening right now? I need to know. Well... Yeah. <laughs> so we are back at the SGC after the uh, end of the teaser. They have put this woman in a cell. One would assume that she is somewhat close to the surface of the mountain. They haven't brought her down anywhere near the Stargate. Right. And uh, we got Hammond, O'Neill, and Jackson arriving to meet her and see what's up. Yeah. And Jackson's behavior in this scene just kind of irritates me in the beginning. Yeah, he's what I, I feel like he's way too nice to her. Way too trusting. And he hasn't yeah. even gotten into that whole Hathor thing yet. He's been way too trusting from the beginning. And I can't believe Hammond went with the, yeah, you don't need the cuffs. Even before she starts doing any of her uh, magical Magic- sorcery. She seems yeah. to kind of have the the men in the palm of her hand. Well, no, Hammond fought it, and so did Jack, actually. But it, it was Jackson's behavior. Oh, do we really need the cuffs? 
Yeah, you don't know who this woman is. She knows the Stargates here. There's well, what a hundred people on the planet who know that thing. Daniel is the most trusting out of the entire team, so I can I can see that. Yeah, no, I all right. But I don't I, like it, but I can see it. I can't believe Hammond went for it. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, moving along. So uh, she introduces themselves, not yep. herself. Yeah, she talks as we, as like her and the gold are partners in this whole thing. Yeah, That's sure. This, uh, she, yeah, you're a Borg. That's fine. You know, go ahead. It's we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll go with that. That's a reference I wouldn't have gotten. <laughs> Goddamn Trekkies. <laughs> so yeah, she introduces themselves as Hathor. We are Hathor, and you should bow before. Us yeah, because we're a goddess. She thought she was still in charge, didn't she? She did. Yeah, I had that written down. <laughs> so Jack, very politely, is like, hello. I'm not going to buy down to you, but hello. <laughs> Jackson says that Hathor was the, the goddess of fertility, inebriety, and music. I love Jack's response. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I didn't know we had a goddess for that, but now I'm kind of into her. <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense. That would immediately change my attitude about uh, a potential threat. It's like, well, if you're the goddess of uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you can't be that bad, right? I, I will say she lives up to her name, although I didn't see much music involved. No, there really wasn't much music involved, but there was plenty of sex and uh, there were some drugs involved. There was definitely some inebriation involved, yeah. Quite a bit of inebriation. Jackson says, are they really necessary? Yeah, and that's where my spasm. Yeah, go. that's when your spat starts. It's like, all right, well, then we'll go ahead and release the cuffs. And she thanks Daniel Jackson, and she blows some wonderful pink stuff at his hand. Oh, yeah, the pink smoke of fun. Now, we don't exactly know what this pink smoke is, so I'm going to just keep calling it pink smoke. But Now, how come nobody else in the room noticed it? It was just the viewers. It was. That was like one of those secret things that the viewers know that maybe yeah. nobody else does. I don't know. I don't know if we like if they just made it pink so we could see it, but it was supposed to be invisible. Nobody sees it the entire episode, so I'm Big going up. with it is just uh, it's for viewers only. Exactly, that's what I'm kind of praying on right there. Okay, yeah, not so great. No. Oh, that's the least of my concerns with this episode. Oh man, sounds like you're gonna tear this thing apart. I got a few spots. <laughs> We've already touched on one. Okay. Now, SG-1 asks why she came here. She mentions that she was drawn to the Shabai. Shabai? Shabai. Shabai. <laughs> I love Shabai. the monks. I don't know. Was this the first reference to the Shabai? No, no. The monks on Chulak say it. Yeah, Shabai. yeah I was going to say. The Chulak. They, that's what they call it. I love the monks on Chulak. They're so nice. Chapai. Chapai. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she was drawn to the Chapai. Here's here's something that's mildly creepy. She was she was the wife and daughter to Ra. Well, didn't uh, Zeus have the same deal? Yeah, it's possible. You know, I think a lot a... of those early ancient uh, writings, uh, there's, there's a lot of mix-up between wife, daughter, you know. Yeah, you know. Son, husband, whatever. <laughs> They're loose. Right. They're way more loose terms back then. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So Hathor wants to know where he is. At this point, O'Neill kind of thinks that she's a little on the crazy side. I don't like this. Uh, I feel like they—they—they're they, they, kind of like playing into the fact that uh, this is a crazy woman, but she's not. She knows about the Stargate. They exist. knew about the Stargate before she even was in the base. So how could she be crazy? She obviously got her information somewhere. I don't think they're taking her seriously, and I don't like that. Shame on them. I, 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 I yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed by that. We've they? been through enough episodes now, enough base takeovers, enough aliens coming through the Stargate. 
they, they, they're be smarter than this. Just because she came from Earth to begin with, you're being a little lackadaisical on this one. Seriously. I mean, they're not even entertaining the fact that she might be a, a ghoul yet. And it's like they're they're being very non-serious and I don't know. I, I get a real bad taste of, from the whole situation. Well, it, you know, we'll get into it later, but Jack's always the one to shrug off base intruders as who's going to believe him and yeah. shrug them off. So. Yeah, exactly. You with a crown of marble. He might mean you, sir. I love that line. <laughs> that was a really great line. <laughs> so Hathor wants to kiss uh, General Hammond's hand. And Hammond was right on point and said, no. Damn you, Daniel oh, no. Jackson. No, that's not appropriate. Jackson thinks that Hammond should let her kiss his hand because it would go a long ways towards, I'm not even sure what his excuse was, but it was like something like Keeping her talking. Keeping her talking. I don't know. God. But or you could just, just... like It's terrible. I'm, I'm just... I'm so mad right now watching this because I can see that there's that she's going to take over the base now. She is. Oh yeah, it is definitely happening. There was no guesswork involved. She's definitely doing it, and nobody seems to be able to see it. Yeah, so, not yet, not yet. So she blew some pink stuff on uh, Daniel Jackson. Now she's blown pink stuff on Hammond. Everybody's getting high on a pink shit. The pink stuff is awesome. It's good stuff. <laughs> I guess so. Hammond and O'Neill leave, and Jackson stays to question her. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do a great job questioning her. Oh, he's doing a fine job already, huh? But she starts questioning him. <laughs> well, he, he is under the pink spell, so. I don't know, immediately turns the tables. It's like, oh, you know, you stay for questioning. Well, no. she asked her question, and this is when Jackson finally gets it. She's a gold. She asked her question with the glowing eyes and the gold voice and everything. That should actually make somebody nervous, I would think, right? That made me nervous, but he was under the pink spell. So as even though he recognized what was going on, he was still fine with it. Yeah, he's cool with it. That's fine. After... She starts questioning him. He's able to tell her that Ra is dead and SG-1 killed him, which makes her extremely happy. Very happy, because then the pink smoke goes into his mouth. That's right. She blows even more pink stuff and into his mouth, and she gives him a good old wet sloppy one. Yep. <laughs> so they're having a great time. They're having a great time. Daniel has clearly got the situation under control. I, I would agree, yeah. In the conference room, O'Neill still thinks that she's a crazy woman and that nobody is going to believe her about any Stargate. A lot of people are coming down a couple of pegs the way I see them in this episode because I feel like a lot of people are making dumb mistakes. Jack hasn't even been introduced to the pink smoke yet. and he's Seriously. just So they're talking in the conference room and Jackson strolls in and tells everyone, hey, guess what? Hathor, she's a ghoul. Whoa, Danny. No, not yet, but I still love that line. <laughs> I know, right? So she has been in stasis for 2,000 years and everyone is shocked, but I'm not really sure why. Well, this is the first idea of the fact that there might be ghouls left on earth from ancient times like that. I mean, we knew they were here. We knew they were here. So is it so wild and wacky that maybe one of them was in stasis this entire time on our planet? Exactly. I, I don't understand like why they didn't think of it before now. But moving on. Moving on. Jackson thinks that she could be an ally, which is not really the worst thought. But it, she is a ghoul, and we ha definitely haven't uh, met any good ghouls yet. <laughs> this is true. But Jackson wants her to come down and debrief them all. Okay, then. And he convinces Hammond to do just that. Well, he says something that caught my attention. It was, don't you agree, General? As in, And you saw the pink swirl in Hammond's eyes. It's kind of like 
well, if one person has been affected by the pheromones, does that automatically like make them buddy buddy to everybody else who's been affected by it? Seems that way. Uh, that's a that's a bit of a stretch, but sure, we're gonna go. I, I don't know, but don't you sense it as well, General? Well, yes, I do. Well, well yes, I do. I am just he Texas turns into dog. like a, he turns into like a Southern belt when he's like in a in a good mood. Hammond. From Texas. Well, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> and she comes down as uh, Jack is getting some water for her. No, no, no. There was water on the table. She was thirsty, and Hammond went, Colonel, water for the lady? And he looked like, What am I, a waiter? The hell? No, I'm, I'm not a waiter. I'm, I'm, I'm a colonel, but. Thanks. I'll, but, I'll get her some water, I guess. But he did it anyways, exactly. He did it anyways. I mean, what are you going to do? Refuse an order from a superior officer? It's well, why not? Water. More than once in this episode. I mean, I, I didn't think it was an unlawful order. I didn't think it, he was, like, betraying his country by getting her some water. So, sure. I was annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not really a colonel's job. Exactly. Below my paid grade, and I hate saying things like that, but seriously, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. But Jack gets her some water. Of course, she doesn't resist the opportunity to blow some more pink stuff on his hand when she when he gives her the water. Oh, this is Jack's first dose. Yep, he's got a dose now. So now we got Hammond, uh, Jackson, and O'Neill. They all have a dose of the pink stuff. At least one dose. Yep. Oh no, Jackson is plenty. He's he's up to one on the hand and one in the mouth. Oh baby, he's living the dream. Hammond is all doe-eyed, and he's not acting like himself at all now. And Carter, finally, Carter is like notices all the men are acting funny, but nobody Hammond. seems to care. And Hammond that's... shuts her down, man, harshly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Both Hammond and O'Neill, they don't care at all about yep. what she voices. So they give Hathor a tour. They also give her guest quarters. Oh, yeah, because, you know, the prison cell wasn't exactly where she belonged. She's not a threat at all. No, she's a good ghoul. So we're not going to go ahead and put guards there either. Yeah, they, well, it, that was the original intention, to put some guards, but... They think about it a little bit, and they're like, no, don't think that guards are very necessary. Uh, Hathor actually gives Hammond another dose of pink dust, and that's when he turns his mind around. That pink dust wears off quick, apparently. Well, you know, it's, it, it's the effects seem to be lasting. <laughs> so Hammond and O'Neill leave at that point, now that Hathor has her uh, guest quarters. Hathor is with Jackson. And he, she asks him to stay and answer more of her questions. So I we're going to go ahead and just keep plugging away at Daniel. I don't think she had questions in mind. Just saying. But she wanted him to stay either way. Yep. <laughs> she says that it's time for Jackson to become the chosen one. Take that what you will from it. <laughs> for now. It'll be explained. But then we cut to the hallway and it's Carter and Jack. Thank God I didn't want to see what was going on in that other room. Carter is bringing up her reservations about Hathor to, to Jack again. Jack thinks she's overreacting, which goes against pretty much what everybody else thinks, that she's not overreacting, that they need to uh, do something about this. Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of males in this base, <laughs> so not much is getting done. Yeah, they bring that up too. Hathor and Jackson are talking in the gate room, and she says that she is the queen and the mother of all gods. And that didn't raise a red flag right then and there? Jackson doesn't quite understand at first, but then he, he starts to see the dynamic of how the ghouls reproduce. Now mark this down, because she is the queen bee. This is where the larva ghouls come from, correct? That's what we've been told. Okay, that's what we're told today. I just want you to remember that, because I'm going to bring this up later. Seasons down the road. 
Okay, that's okay. Uh, I'll remember this. All right. <laughs> We've got good old Dr. Frazier in this episode again. She and... does a great job considering she just barely became one of the, I'm not even going to call her a main character, but she's uh, she's really into it, that's for sure. Uh, she finds Carter doing some research about Hathor, and she agrees that all the men are acting really funny. And Carter finds that Hathor is supposed to have some sort of magical power over men. No, really? Huh. I didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) And Frazier theorizes that it might be like pheromones or like almost a combination between pheromones and truth truth serum, sodium pentothal. Yeah, everything in history. Now, Hathor's been related to other goddesses in history in, you know, Greek mythology and blah, blah. They went through the whole thing, but they all described the men as being drunk with love. (laughs) Yep. So back to Jackson and Hathor. We do another one of those episodes that we just kind of flip between... Well, we do a little bit of flipping between people here. This wasn't so bad. This, episode. this was, yeah, I would agree. I this was why. not anywhere near as bad as previous episodes. Oh, well, fire and water killed me. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, this one wasn't so bad as far as the flipping back and forth because I was able to maintain continuity between everything. Exactly. So Hathor says that she needs the code of life. To prevent rejection of the ghouled larva. I told you she was looking for more than just talking. Yep, that's right. And Jackson is going to provide the code. And then she seduces him. Well, it didn't take much with the pink mist. No, it didn't. I suppose I should kind of bring this up. That this is probably one of those situations where if it was a woman who was getting seduced... Uh, A.K.A. the big R word. Uh, it might be a more of a big deal than if it was a guy. I don't know. It no, just, you're it, right. It didn't seem like they really made a big deal out of it. It was definitely not consensual. No, she got him drunk. Yep. Or stoned or something. Drunk, stoned, and had her way with him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she could go to jail for that. Oh, right. Gold. Forgot. Yeah. Gold. You know, that's not not really a big deal. That's like a, it's a slap on the wrist for their mm. for their species. Well, you know, we're like ants to them, right? Of course. Carter is thinking that they need to neutralize Hathor. Yeah, she has got all the female personnel on that base in one room, and she's giving them M4s and everything. Yep. They need to take back the base. They need to take oh, back okay. the command. They feel nope. like Hathor has taken over and they need to rectify the situation. Neutralize was the word. Yes, Neutralize. Sir. And then Teal'c walks in. Yeah, Teal'c tells Carter and the others that he thinks that Hathor is planning to populate the Earth with new ghouls. This is going to be our new nest. We need to deal with this. So Carter and Teal'c find Jackson in a uh, catatonic state. Oh my God. After they go yeah, That guy was up. Wow. Yeah, he was just gone. He was gone. No, no responses, no nothing. Before, when he was drunk on the pink dust, he was able to, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay, or whatever he said. But this time, he couldn't even speak. Nope, couldn't do anything. I guess they realize that there's nothing really physically wrong with uh, Jackson. So they just they leave. move on, trying they to find Hathor. Leave him there. Well, yes, yeah, kind of. I mean, he's in the base. What's going to happen to him? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. They do find uh, Hathor in a hot therapy tub. Yeah, I called it the hot tub. Yep. It's a it's it's a really small little hot tub. It's I, I, the only thing I've ever seen one of these things in is like like a baseball locker room or something yeah. like that. Professional. I've seen it in one other movie, it was Major League. Major League, yes. I knew that's where you had that from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that's that's like a hot therapy bath or whatever for sports players. But I, sure, okay. Yep, exactly. I don't know why we had it on base because you know everybody can go home and do whatever they want, but. <laughs> 
Yeah, go figure. Yeah. So, so yes, she's in the hot therapy yeah. bath. They are approach her, an entire platoon of men, including General Hammond and Colonel O'Neill, so, step in front of Hathor to protect I a, her. I have a question. Okay. It was a solid five seconds to take that shot and Carter didn't do it. Yep, that was uh, that was drama right there. That, uh-huh. was, that was definite yeah. drama. That was because it's TV. I get it, but still, you had five seconds to take a headshot. She didn't even know you were there. She had five seconds to take a shot. Period, and she never took one. Exactly. I don't know what the holdup was on that, but yeah. So all the men gather in front of Hathor. Yep, and she it's was- like, well, you got to shoot us if you want to shoot her. So they can't shoot them. So they get captured instead. Yep, we sure do. And mm. uh, Carter's mm. group is locked. Their, her entire group is locked in quarters. Yep. So we're coming up to my uh, pay attention here. Pay attention. I'm going to lob one out there for you tonight, Kev. All right, I'll do my best. I will do my best, just like you did your best. But, it would you know, this one was actually mentioned in the episode how many females were in the holding cell with Carter. So including Carter. Including Carter. Oh, including man. Carter. Man, Carter. that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I'm trying it to... Mentioned in the episode. All right. I'm going to go with Five. Correct, sir. Oh my god, I got it! That was yeah, absolutely correct. And it was mentioned in the episode when uh Frazier says, Hey Airman, there are five females in here or something like that. That's awesome. Congratulations. You're one, I'm nothing. And yes, we're keeping score, just so you know. Oh god. Yep. All right, where were you? All right, moving along. O'Neill approaches Hathor, and he wants to ask her some questions. He's trying. He he looks like he's actually actively trying to fight off her seduction as he's saying this. But she still seduces him, and she gives him this really terrible hug. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a recipient of that hug, man. She gives him this big old hug, and it gives him a Jaffa pouch. Yeah. That, unfortunately, also removes his entire immune system. Which we'll, we'll deal with in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll deal with that. I mean, that doesn't take effect immediately, but it's definitely an ongoing problem. So Carter and Frazier attempt to uh, seduce... So, oh, God, this is this, also terrible. This but, is such a cliché freaking it scene. It is. It's so bad. This is such a female prison movie scene as I've ever heard of. Yeah. And and they play into it. So I think it's on purpose. And they and Carter just feels bad even doing it. She just feels she's like, "Really? Do we have to do that?" Frazier goes into the fact that she figures this plan it was Frazier's plan actually. She figures it'll work because this is a hormone-driven problem drug whatever you want to call it well it is it is it kind of makes sense i'll give it to her i mean it doesn't portray everybody in a great light but it does work the female prisoners are able to somewhat seduce the guards and overpower them and it works I don't know why it works. It's like something that we saw in like Bugs Bunny in the 60s. It's ridiculous. <laughs> in the 60s. Time out. How old are you? Well, yeah, I watched them on reruns. Give me a break. All right. Anyways. Anyways. But yes, they are able to overpower the guards and the female soldiers are able to escape. They find Teal'c and they re- release him as well. Yep. And then... I believe Hammond pulls a gun on somebody. Well, after they free Tilk, I don't remember who Hammond pulls the gun on, but he gets knocked out by Carter. 
That can't be good for the career. And she mentions that. Okay. All right. They escape. Hammond pulls a gun on them. Carter knocks them out. Uh, yeah. Where were you? I was back in the locker room, and O'Neill is unconscious on the floor. That was after my part. Oh, all right. Maybe I just didn't deem your part. Unworthy <laughs> mention. Sorry. No, I I'm sorry. When Carter knocks Hammond out, and she actually says, oh, I'll have to deal with that later, or something like that. I, yeah, I actually, I do remember that. I just, I guess I didn't note it. That's all. Oh, no, I, it was one of the few humorous scenes that Carter has. And then we, uh, yeah, they go into the locker room and find Jack lying on the floor. Yep, O'Neill's unconscious on the floor. Um, Carter and company hide. Ooh, the, the tub is full of symbiotes. That's to be mentioned. Um, actually, I think it's just shrimp. You could be onto something, but as far as we're... <laughs> <laughs> you know. It looks like shrimp, man. It looks like a whole tub full of shrimp. Lava. Larval. Larval ghouls. Symbiotes, exactly. Symbiotes. Yes. Okay, they just look a lot like shrimp. They they do. They're, they're giant shrimp. Giant shrimp. <laughs> so, Hathor emerges. She helps O'Neill into the bath. With his new pouch. Jaffa pouch, and uh, yeah, she pouch. she she leaves, and she hopes that um, O'Neill is that um, the strongest of the ghouled larvae are going to uh, join with O'Neill, swim up into his pouch. So they she puts him in the tub, and then leaves. Yeah, she helps him in the tub, and then she leaves. Where's she going? I'm not really sure. She has better things to do. I, but after she does leave, Carter goes ahead and helps him right out again. No ghoul found. Thank goodness. That's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. However, Teal does mention that O'Neill no longer has his immune system now, and that if he doesn't have a ghoul in him soon, he's going to die. Oh, so not a good thing. Okay. Well, good thing, but not good thing. Go figure. You're all about silver linings tonight. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> However, they do remember that Hathor came in with the sarcophagus. And they remember that the sarcophagus has amazing healing abilities from blah, 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 the movie. Well, thank goodness. Well, no, I think Teal pointed that out, actually. Because they wanted to bring him, the girls wanted to bring him to the infirmary, and Teal'c was bringing Jack to the sarcophagus because he had heard great things about the sarcophagus. I Well, I know that, but the viewers actually have seen the movie. They have seen what the sarcophagus can I do. I see what you're saying. You're absolutely right. I apologize. Yeah, so it's, it's, that's, that's all I was getting at. Right on point, yep. Okay, so yeah, we can you we have a giant Gould um, healing device hanging out right inside the gate room. Let's use it. Convenient. All right. Super convenient. Teal puts him in and activates it, and immediately they're attacked by Hathor. Guns are blazing. These guys come in just shooting. I don't even care. As Carter and Teal are in cover, O'Neill emerges from the sarcophagus. Hathor sees him and decides to take a shot at him because actually I'm not really sure why she expected him to be his, her first Jafar and he wasn't anymore and she was upset I guess yeah, that wasn't a nice thing to do at all so she takes a shot at him with her uh, ghoul's uh, hand device and misses but she hits the sarcophagus and uh and does, then you does some serious damage to it. It starts blazing electricity and going nuts. Definitely one of those situations where you think you need to get away from whatever is happening. That um that is such an ominous sci-fi energy is building up in the capacitor sound. Yes. It was definitely cliche for sure. <laughs> she she takes a shot at the sarcophagus, it overloads and they Everybody runs away from it, get behind oh, a door, doors. and it blows up big time. Well, when they walked back into the room, they did a good job of making those uh, charred remains seem what they were. 
That yep. thing was gone. That thing was gone. It was totaled. O'Neill and Carter then go after Hathor with uh, Trank guns. Oh, we're coming up to one of my rants here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, they Trank all of the guards, and then, and then Hathor knocks Carter away. Right. And then Jack stands there with this deer in a headlights look to him for like another 10 seconds. True. Remember when Carter yep. couldn't take the shot? Same yep. thing. Yep, absolutely. Same thing. There's a, a large amount of time where O'Neill is right there. He was ready to be taken out by Hathor. She is. She has him right in her sights. But then Carter is able to recuperate from the blast that she got from Hathor. She gets up and she shoots Hathor with her sidearm. Uh-huh. And, and then Hathor slumps into her shrimp bath. Which catches fire, also. Explain to me how it catches fire. How does it catch... It's water, right? How does water right? catch fire? Or have okay, you seen so this episode already? Even the little shrimps are falling out onto the floor in flames. Yep. So, Daniel Jackson stands there freaking out because, you know, Hathor just died, right? No! That's exactly what he said. You're right. And Jack comes to his senses and, well, he was already with himself, but uh, he starts ordering people to get the airmen out of there, right? Right. I think I see okay. where you're going with this. Yeah, you saw Hathor's exit. I did, and I actually had, we were to, supposed I had to, to watch it twice in order to see it because it actually it wasn't very apparent the first time. I didn't realize that she had a cloaking device. See, it, I mean, she got shot. There's no doubt in my mind she got shot. Yeah, but she has a ghoul in her. Yeah, but she and has a ghoul in her. But it, it looks like the actress forgot what she was doing and left the scene and didn't realize that they were still filming. <laughs> That's how bad it was for me. I mean, yeah. I, I will agree that it was bad. And they could have done it way better than that. And oh, I, it, I didn't the, even know that... I, I was continue. I was still watching, and then we got to the next scene where all of a sudden the gate has opened. Well, we'll get to that. But well, no. what I'm getting at here is that I I actually had to rewind it. I didn't see Hathor make her escape. I didn't it, understand that, like as Daniel was freaking out, that she made herself invisible, climbed out of the flaming bath. No, decided no, took a stroll down the hallway. No mention of a cloaking device ever came up, by the way. Nope. It, it just, honestly, I swear, it looked like the actress forgot what she was doing and just walked out and they were like, ah, screw it, nobody will notice. Yeah, it was weird. That was a very strange moment. That one hurt me. Yeah, I, I'll agree. That that was that was a, a very unusual scene and it it, didn't, it felt very out of place. I got another rant coming up, too. Oh, great. I can't wait. We got like four minutes left in the episode, and the whole end is just hating <laughs> me. So, All right, so up, the very uh, next scene is un unauthorized gate activation was coming over loudspeakers. So we go to the gate room, we open the blast doors, and there's Hathor standing in front of an open freaking gate. How'd she open it? All right, so... I know you're you're gonna you're gonna be like, yeah, no, I'm not buying that. Okay, but, you're gonna say that she got the information from Jax. No, no, oh, I go. think that that I think that the ghoul device that she has on, on her palm, I think that is able to activate stargates. I've seen that, but I want to say I've seen that before in other episodes. There's only one other episode where a hand device could activate a gate and it comes in like season nine or so. I'm not even sure when, oh. but I'm just like, you're right. It's what? like that they have the half-assed Stargate. They have the MacGyvered system. You exactly. can't do that. And but... the other, there's another thing, because if she didn't dial the gate with our, D or with our MacGyver DHD, how were we able to tell that she went to Chulak? must have still come up on the computer. Ah, uh, you're reaching. I am, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I I just, I'm, I'm trying to come up with uh, explanations, that's all. 
That's all right. That that's what we, this is a discussion. But... I will definitely give you that it was a very awkward end to this episode. The thing about the end of it irritated me. Yes, it was not. It was not well executed at all. So now that we've talked about it, I'm just going to really quickly describe it in case you know. Just <laughs> so we're going to talk about the fact that. O'Neill and Carter, they go after Hathor with the trank guns. They trank all the guards. Hathor knocks Carter away. O'Neill's about to be blasted. Carter gets up, shoots Hathor. Hathor slumps into the shrimp bath. <laughs> it catches fire. Then Hathor, in like a cloaking, like invisible-ish kind of a state, she quietly crawls out of the bath, goes to the gate room, it's able to activate the gate and escape Tulak. <laughs> so it's it when you when you say it like that, it actually sounds fairly ridiculous, <laughs> which it was. I can't help but laugh when you say it like that. I w- I was more okay with watching it on the screen. Going, oh, okay, that was. A- you that know, was- you're right. It actually sounds more ridiculous when you narrate it than when you see it. But sure. That's what yeah. happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. All right. Great end, though. Uh, Jackson, the other men become normal when she leaves, which is nice. And they salvage what they can uh, study. Uh, they, you know, Hathor's, that, that whole bath and everything. They get the, the dead ghoul larva or whatever, and they try to salvage as best they can. I believe the last part has a lot to do with Carter striking Hammond, right? I'll let you I, take this. She she tries to explain herself, but Hammond doesn't want to hear it. He's kind of give them both commendations, apparently. Her and, her and Frazier, they did uh, an outstanding job, and Hammond is very proud of his girls. Um, I would say that they did an outstanding job as well, because they're pretty well on their own through this whole thing. They were they were a little outnumbered. I will give you that. And we, can we please stop having aliens take over the freaking base? Can but we get a little were, bit of, like, some rules? Something to, like, recognize people when they've been taken over? Yeah, no, 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 no. We're not going to get protocols like that until, like, season nine. For crying out loud, how many times is this base going to get taken over? Well, it's the government. You know how it takes to how long it takes to make changes? I suppose so. You were reaching earlier. I'm reaching now. How's that? Oh, all right. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, yeah, um, they they got a commendation. He's very appreciative, and it was a happy ending. That's where we ended the episode. Fantastic. It wasn't a bad episode, you know? It was... It got back to a little bit of the main storyline where Hathor was a gold, and it kind of brought up the thought that, again, they could be already here on Earth. So it brought up some decent stuff. It's been a long time now since we've seen Apophis and Share. Who? Yeah, exactly. No, I got nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm really... I'm, I'm starting to get mildly irritated with all these side episodes. It's all right. I mean, they're coming up shortly. They are. They are. I know it. But I, as I'm trying to see it from the perspective of a first-time viewer, it's like, dude, get back to your story. I'm tired of this. Yeah, pretty much. I, if if I was watching it for the first time, you're absolutely right. I'd walk away from the episode going, that really had nothing to do with anything. I believe that's going to bring us to our oldest and most awesome segment, Jeff. What do you got for me this week, Kev? Who the fuck was that? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, we only got one person to do, um, and that would be Hathor, who is, uh, Sue Ann Brown. And Sue Ann Brown is... What we'll say is uh, an actress who maybe decided that acting wasn't for her early on in her career because she doesn't have a giant list of things that she's done. Not a huge repertoire, huh? Not terribly. And she did, right. she kind of got out of it as, uh, as years went on. But um, I'll mention what she's been in. 
First of all, I should probably mention that she was South Africa's most beautiful woman in 1993. That is a piece of information I had no idea about. She's an attractive girl, I will say that, yeah. Uh, she was in Silk Stockings. You remember that old USA series at all? How old do you think I am? I, I think you're slightly younger than me. I, I think it came out, what, 40 years ago or so? Uh, you know, 30 30-ish. I don't think okay. I have a silk stockings. How about Wings? Yes, I remember Wings. You remember Wings? Oh, wings she was great. Wings. She, had a, she had a guest appearance in Wings. Oh, okay. I thought she was one of the mates. Nope. Um, and Just Shoot Me. Another guest appearance there. She actually was a commentator in Survivor when that was happening. All right. That's, and then we're going to go ahead and get to her most amazing and awesome. She was in a, a movie series called uh, The Princess Switch. Yeah. And, uh, there were actually three iterations of this movie. So uh, this was probably one of the greatest achievements of her career, at least her movie career. Yeah, probably from the sounds of it. I wish I had more, but um, that's that's kind of where we ended. And no, I liked her as an actor. She did a great job in this episode. So yeah, she was great. I wish there was more to talk about. Good stuff. Yeah. think that's going to bring us to the end, buddy. All right, buddy. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure. All right, Jeff. Well, it was great to have you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We Thanks. had a great time. Uh, feel free to like us on Facebook, Spotify. And uh, we're also looking for feedback. Please, feedback. We would love to hear from you. Facebook comments. do. We're, you know, it's, if you want to tell us that we, we're terrible and we need to do things completely different, go ahead. We're not going to listen to you. But, you know, we'd appreciate the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I've been told worse. So, yeah, give us <laughs> feedback. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Have a great night, Jeff. And we'll see you all again next week. Have a good night, everybody.